This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan. Now, this week, things are a little bit different because we are off to a desert island. rather hectic in KL and at work so I'm thinking a deserted island would be a nice getaway compared to the urban city of KL and our hectic lifestyles but you know it can get a little bit lonely on the deserted island so I'm going to bring a good friend of mine along with me please say hello to Bijou hi (laughs) Bijou of course is the songstress who's been making her rounds in performance venues in Malaysia and soon in China Yes, I'm going to be playing uh, some shows in China in April and I'm super excited. So, yeah, I'll need to get off that deserted island in between, Maya. You'll need some R&R before you go do all that. So the concept of the desert island episode on A Sunday Kind of Love is that we are jet-setting to a deserted island just surrounded by beautiful white sandy beaches and all the Hmm. beach cliches you can think of blue skies, white fluffy clouds, uh, swing, green palm trees, coconuts, coconuts, maybe the odd afternoon shower, you know, so you can have a nice breezy nap and then wake up for seafood, green sotong on the beach. (laughs) The whole idea is that we're going to a deserted island and I wanted to tap into Bijou's brain to see what are the books, films and music that she would bring with her to the deserted island? Because obviously they would be her favourites. Secondly, they would be things that she may read over and over again or watch over and over again or listen to over and over again. And we find out a lot more about her in the process. So, win-win. Yay! <laughs> so first up, let's talk about books. You know, First hmm. of all, are you a reader? Who are your favourite authors? Absolutely, I'm an absolute... Uh voracious reader. In fact, I remember when I was much younger, I used to go to bookstores and spend like hours in there because I was a student, not no money to buy books <laughs> and I read them for free. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily have favorite authors, but favorite books, I would say. I really, really, really like Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Oh my goodness. Yes, um, that's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Sorry, Chicklet. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's it's old enough to have made it into, you know, classic literature. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I also really like uh, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. I remember reading that for the first time and I felt like all of life's uh, questions were answered in that book. Wow. Yeah, it's more, it's more like a book of poems, I would say, but it, it was amazing. It made some things I had already felt to be true like they confirmed it and then they sort of opened my eyes to a lot of different things that I didn't know as well what were some of these confirmed theories um I remember the part about reason and passion talked about how you should treat both of them as your valued guests in your house because um, reason without passion is cold and passion without reason is wild and how the both of them create a perfect balance for whatever you want Mm. in life. Yeah. Have either of these books shaped your philosophies in life? 
<laughs> I don't know about Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> Mr. I, Darcy doesn't exist. <laughs> no, he hasn't appeared in my life, but I'm pretty happy with what I've got. So, um, Hi, Prakash. Yeah, hi, Sam. <laughs> um, but 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 the prophet, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think sometimes the like poetry makes um, you know the hard truth so beautiful that it's a lot easier to digest rather than someone coming to you and say, "Oh no, you're looking at things wrong. You're doing things wrong. It should be like this, this, this." But poetry kind of sort of seduces you, it lulls you, and then and then presents you with the truth in a very palatable way, and then you're like, "Oh." Actually, that's right, you know, and then mm. it changes the way you look at things, changes the way you behave, changes the way you treat people and treat yourself. And that's the power of books and reading. It's, yep. um, it's so influential, and I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of. Well, start reading. <laughs> <laughs> Any other books on your list? Mm. I also really like uh, The Hobbit by Tolkien and also Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Neil Gaiman's one of my favourites as well. Yeah, I, I don't know how he does it. He, he has the right amount of magic and imagination and then he, he combines that with a you know dose of reality that makes it believable as if, you know, if you turn around you could be in some magic land, you know? Yeah, he takes yeah. some very, very strong human issues that we all feel very strongly about. He embeds them in the midst of all this fantasy yeah. and you're just pulled in. I know, I know. And I think that that's a common theme that runs through most of my favourite books. It's like the universal values are all there, mm. you know, and it makes it very relatable. And now I just remember one author, she's a fantasy author called Robin Hobb and she's uh, written quite a number of trilogies and, and I absolutely love them because um, it's about dragons and also magic as well. But but again, the characters are also rooted uh, in their human natures and, and they actually change and evolve and behave like real people. You know, a lot of fantasy books, sometimes I find it's very uh, two-dimensional. The good guys are the good guys, the bad guys are the bad guys, and they're also predictable, but not Robin Hobb. She, she makes the characters like behave like real people, you know. Even the bad people have some goodness and the good people do bad things sometimes, yeah. I'm having sort of a juxtaposition imagining Robin Hobb's style. Uh -huh. Robin Hobb, right? Hobb, yeah. Robin Hobb's style um, and The Hobbit. Can you imagine <laughs> if like Gandalf and, and all these characters behaved like like they were real <laughs> and they yeah. didn't have any of that fantastical drama, you know, to push the characters through. But I think that's what makes them so uh, so loved by so many people is because it is rooted in, in human nature, you know, a lot of those, like, um, the characters behave like you and I probably would and it's relatable in a way, it makes you believe. Yeah, the thing about fantasy and the whole, the age-old battle between good and evil is that there's heightened drama in there to push the story along mm. otherwise we'd just be bored yeah <laughs> but then again all of us are fighting this you know good and evil thing in some way or yeah. other yeah every, every single day I think yeah mm. so do you want to read something for us Sure. Um, I hadn't mentioned this this poet, but it's also one of my favorites, Rumi. I think uh, everyone would know him. And this is one of my favorite poems uh, from him because not only is it uh, sexy, it's also smart. And it also mentions Rumi's master. His name is Shamus e Tabriz, uh, which means Shamus from Tabriz. Tabriz is a place that used to be in Persia. I think he taught Rumi a lot of things and then like Rumi became like a really 
big Sufi and he sort of founded a Sufi movement, you know, with the whirling dervishes and all that. But what's the title of the poem? Like This. It's got a very contemporary title, Like This. Yeah, some things last through the ages. So this is Like This by Rumi. If anyone asks you how the perfect satisfaction of all our sexual wanting will look, lift your face and say, like this. When someone mentions the gracefulness of the night sky, climb up on the roof and dance and say, like this. If anyone wants to know what spirit is, or what God's fragrance means, lean your head toward him or her. Keep your face there close, like this. When someone quotes the old poetic image about clouds gradually uncovering the moon, slowly loosen, knot by knot, the strings of your robe, like this. If anyone wonders how Jesus raised the dead, don't try to explain the miracle. Kiss me on the lips. Like this. Like this. When someone asks what it means to die for love, point here. If someone asks how tall I am, frown and measure with your fingers the space between the creases on your forehead this tall. The soul sometimes leaves the body, then returns. When someone doesn't believe that, walk back into my house like this. When lovers moan, they're telling a story like this. I am a sky where spirits live. Stare into this deepening blue while the breeze says a secret like this. When someone asks what there is to do, light the candle in his hand, like this. How did Joseph's scent come to Jacob? Hugh. How did Jacob's sight return? Hugh. A little wind cleans the eyes, like this. When Shams comes back from Tabriz, he'll put just his head around the edge of the door to surprise us, like this. That was beautiful. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. At first, when I read it, there was some ambiguity about what some of the verses meant. But I think it's one of those things where the more you read and each time you read it, there's something different and at different points of your life, you know, you'll just get different things from it. Hugh. Yes. It featured in the poem. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Hugh. Yeah, so the word Hugh, it's a very special word. It's a word that means love. And um, I've been 
using it as a form of uh, spiritual exercise. So what I do is every day um, before I wake up to face the world or every night before I go to sleep, I just sing it uh, like this, like he continuously for like anything from five to 30 minutes, depending on, on, on what I need. And, and it's sort of like a very... It's like, it's like my anchor, you know, it keeps me grounded, it keeps me centered. And and if you look through a lot of civilizations, the word hue appears like the Sufis. They use a form of hue when the whirling dervishes spin because they believe like if you spin a certain amount of times, your soul can leave the body. And I think uh, back in Egypt, like Isis and Osiris, they had the word hue as part of their teachings and even... Yeah, and I think it's a word that's that's been around for ages and now it's just being reintroduced to people and hopefully that will help them in their lives too. It's almost like a, a universal sound, something like Om. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Just and to calm you down and it's a little bit spiritual. Yeah, very much so. I, it has helped save me from a lot of times when I was feeling uh, sad, depressed, or, or when I felt like I couldn't do anything to change my situation, you know, it just helped put everything back into perspective. Right. When your heart is broken, yeah, that, that especially. <laughs> you oh, know, we've wow. all been there. Yes, we have. Yeah. But on the desert island, it's just sunglasses on. <laughs> and on with the show. Okay, yeah. um, in just a moment, we'll continue with A Sunday Kind of Love here with Bijou on a deserted island. Is there a song that we could play right now from your album? From my album? Hmm. I would say let's play The Heart Way from my album Nightingale Tales because it's a happy little ditty on the way to sunshine and beaches. And this, by the way, is the song that I listen to every morning while I'm driving to work because it just puts me in a happy mood and I'm ready to face the world and the day and anything that comes along with it. Oh, that's so nice, Maya. And I also love the title. You know, it's a play on the hard way, but you're doing things the hard way, which is yeah. way better. And by the way, I know know all the backup parts so if you ever need a backup singer I'm right there with you yay <laughs> this is Bijou the hard way we'll be back with more on the Sunday kind of love in just a moment BFM 89.9 I'm Maya Tan and Bijou, songstress extraordinaire, is here with me. This week, we are broadcasting from a deserted island. Mm-hmm. So earlier we spoke about books mm-hmm. and some of the poems and stories that you've loved all your life. Let's talk about movies. Yeah, I love movies. What kind of a film buff are you? Oh, hard to say. I love, I love movies. I watch so many of them. It's insane. 
when I should be writing more music. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. But hey, you know, it's fodder, right? It's yeah, fodder for your imagination, for, sure. for your creative process, gives you ideas for song lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, have you have any movies ever influenced your music? Actually, not at the moment, but good idea. Maybe I'll like explore that, you know, watch some of my favourites and see if I can write a song from that. Yay! Perhaps you could watch a drama or maybe even a rom-com. And then oh, sort of my favourite rom-com, Love Actually. Yes, let's bring that to the deserted <laughs> island. Okay, Love Actually, despite everything that everyone has ever said, is also one of my favourites. <laughs> I don't care what anyone else says. <laughs> That's, that's where you're you're one up over me, you know. I, I still care what people think. <laughs> well, you should make them watch it again. They'll surely fall in love. I mean, who can not enjoy the sight of Hugh Grant as the Prime Minister of England dancing to... I've been thinking. Can we move the Japanese ambassador to four o'clock tomorrow? Certainly, sir. Terrific. Thanks so much. I also really, really love those like uh, sword chopping off heads kind of movies. So two of two of my favorites are Akira Kurosawa's uh, Seven Samurai. Aru tankan no侍の墓が彼らの優しい心と勇ましい行為は今なお美しく語り伝えられている。彼らこそ侍だ。And Gladiator. I've watched the, both those movies more than 30 times. Why doesn't the hero reveal himself and tell us all your real name? You do have a name. My name is Gladiator. How dare you show your back to me? Slave! Will you remove your helmet and tell me your name? Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. 
if you haven't seen Gladiator, spoiler alert, the head only rolls at the end. <laughs> well, it don't matter. There are plenty of swords and blood and horses. And I think it's a past life thing. Maybe I was like a warrior in my past life because I'm strangely attracted to, to sword fights. And yeah, I did a workshop recently with Bijou. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the Viking outfit you wore. <laughs> That's right. Um, if you want to see that, you can go to my Instagram. It's there. It's B-I-H-Z-H-U. It's not pretty, lah. let me just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was. Okay, so we've got Love Actually, one of your mm. rom-com favourites. We've got the head-rolling movies, Seven Samurai by Akira Kurosawa, and also Gladiator. Gladiator. And um, I'm also a big fan of Princess Mononoke. I'm kind of into the whole, you know, environment... Uh, environmentally friendly things and I think that movie really illustrates it so beautifully like how the nature and humans were so connected with each other and we can't do without nature and it's kind of our duty to protect it as much as we can basically the boar god was shot and then the bullet stayed inside Mm -hmm. him and then you know he slowly turned mad and became a demon and then Tatarigami, yeah. yeah. And that sparked off a war with mankind. Yeah, for sure. But all was well in the end. It was. But with with sacrifice, sacrifice, like the spirit of the forest died, you know, basically. Mm -hmm. But from its death, there was rebirth. Mm -hmm. So again, I think it really accurately portrays uh, us humans Mm -hmm. as it is. I'm sensing a theme here. Um, I'm, I'm seeing a theme here. There are positive messages for living, for mankind, for the earth mm. and also with your love of fantasy <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's all those good themes mixed with fantasy oh wow I never like. thought about it like that but thanks Mai I think you're right <laughs> I think it's all it all boils down to the kinds of stories that appeal to you that mm. you know call out to your soul yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. have any of these movies affected how you live life again I think it's the same with uh, The Prophet you know it, it's made certain truths deeper um, I, I think I'm, I'm attracted to those stories that that sort of show you like a better way to live you know they, they don't necessarily preach they don't necessarily shove it down your throat which I think it's it's a very difficult way of transmitting messages when you try to convince someone of something rather you should show them you know live your life as, um, the way you want to and that would be the best example to anyone rather than telling someone anything show them so when you write your songs do you uh, use this philosophy as well yeah I, I i write songs only based on what i've experienced and what i know because i find that that's the best way to be honest and whatever you hear in my songs are are just me they're, they're basically me uh, you can read my personality and who i am just based on what i write and i think again that's the best way to show people like what you believe in rather than tell them and trying to convince them of something Mm. Mm. One of the songs really intrigues me and I'm wondering what the story behind that is, Tainted Temples. Yeah, um, so I wrote that song after I was molested and um, I like to call that the beautiful things happen when shit happens song. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so out of the experience was yeah. birthed this beautiful song with the beautiful orchestrations, by the way, yeah. I might add. My good friend Savi Ho completely rearranged it and made it something so much more than what it was. Yeah, I, I think the song is beautiful. And it's born out of a place of, of pain, you know, of negativity, I would say, because like a horrible action was, was done. And But like I could choose to be angry and rage about, oh, you know, all men are pigs. But no, right. <laughs> I think it's I, I'm really grateful that I have music because it really gave me this outlet to to express the pain I was feeling and and allow me to heal. Because I remember I performed this song the first time in La Bodega in Tengkat Tongshin way back when, I think 2005 or six, and it was during uh, International Women's Day. And it was the first time I played that song. And, and I thought I was strong, right? But halfway through, I just started crying. And then, um, yeah, and, and that really, I think, was the first big step towards healing what had happened. And yeah, it was good. But it was, it was okay because in the end, like, my contact lens fell out and then the audience laughed and then someone had to give me a solution from... Yeah, it was funny. It was a good oh, kind no. of... <laughs> well, first of all, I'm really sorry to hear about your experience. That's okay. But I would really like to play this song now. Sure, please go ahead and hopefully it might help heal someone else. More on a sunny kind of love when we come back with me, Maya Tan, and Bijou. This is Tainted Temple. Bulls. Tainted Temples. <laughs> <laughs> One touch, it could have been a fluke twice now He was up to no good Sat down, couldn't say a word Limbs weak like a broken little bird Trust and goodness Things that he did not know Leaving spirits broken and unwhole Build your temple brick by brick Keep it under lock and key And welcome feet, make it unclean Can't wash away what you can't see Build your temple brick by brick Keep it under lock and key And welcome feet, make it unclean Can't wash away what you can't see It's a Sunday kind of love. I'm Maya Tan, and if you've just joined us, I am stranded on a desert island with Bijou. Actually, I know this is really late because you've been saying it the whole show. I don't know why I never said anything before, but it's actually Bijou. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've, it's okay. It's my fault. Everyone's been calling you Bijou. I thought I it was. I thought it was a play on the French word Bijou, which means gem. I know. Everyone keeps saying that, but no, it's actually based on Mandarin phonetic spelling. <laughs> Yep. Well, we're on to music next. Yay! Yay! So you've just launched a new single called Bright Veins. Yes, I did. And of course, um, you've got an EP out, Nightingale Tales. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. I released my first album way back in 2011. That was the same year also where I decided to become a solo artist after my band had disbanded. Um, and it's been a really, really wonderful journey 
since then and now I've got a new single and hopefully another album out by the end of the year and I'm just really really happy to be doing what I love it's one of my favorite albums you know I mentioned earlier I listened to The Heart Way which we played earlier every morning because it just puts me in the right frame of mind to conquer all the things that could come flying at me (laughs) during the day I like how there are different genres of music within the album Uh you have a little bit of happy, light-hearted, uplifting, poppy sounds. Mm-hmm. There's also a jazzy sound, like yeah. a vintage jazzy sound. Like swing. Yeah. yeah, there's a bit of soulful electronica yeah. in between. <laughs> um, then right at the end, there's a rearranged nursery rhyme. Xiao Bai Chuan. Xiao Bai Chuan. And it's got a very Rio de Janeiro bossa nova guitar hmm. yeah the the chords and you know just just I'm, I'm, my hair is just standing just talking oh. about it thinking about it it's, it's actually the song that my mom used to sing to me when I was a little girl falling asleep It was a last-minute inclusion, but I'm so glad we managed to fit that in because it's it's, it's such a beautiful, like when I even when I sing it or I listen to it myself, haha. <laughs> um, it really it really brings back memories of my mother and and a lot of people have said the same thing. Like it makes them feel like they're at home and they're warm. And funnily enough, I have friends from overseas who don't understand Mandarin, by the way, but their children listen to that song Xiao Bai Chuan as a lullaby and they fall asleep yeah and I'm like that's, that's such so a beautiful story you know, it, it's true like yeah it was a lullaby to me when I was young your favourite genres when it comes to other people's music? I don't mean to sound racist, but my boyfriend and I always have this argument. I'm like, oh my god, your music is so white. And he's like, yeah, 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 your music is so black, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I tend to like the more soulful stuff. Like, I really, of course, I like jazz. I I like soul, R&B, reggae. Where do you derive your musical influences from? Who are the musicians who have shaped you and the music that you make? I think we're all really influenced by what we listen to. So I listen to a lot of Fat Freddy's Drop. They're like a dub band from New Zealand. I listen to a lot of Caetano Veloso. He's like a Brazilian singer-songwriter, like big in the Tropicalia movement and all that. Um, I really like a few like female contemporary artists like Eska from the UK. Um, Lian La Havas and Laura Mvula, okay, all also from the UK. <laughs> and um, I also like this singer called Odessa. She's from America, quite unknown as yet, but um, really nice voice and nice harmonies. And 
and, and of course back when I was younger I used to listen to my father's cassette tapes so it's really old bands like Peter Paul and Mary the Brothers Four so I noticed I've really loved harmony since I was a young girl so now that I'm writing music I, I try to put in the things I really like and bright veins it's, it's, it's sort of like that yeah a lot of harmonies and yeah a lot of layered harmonic yeah. vocals were you classically trained in music? not at all I just kind of started singing when I was a young girl. My two years old, I'd be like putting pretend concerts with my grandmother holding like a fake mic, you know. But I never really <laughs> thought that it was a career choice until I, I started a band in college with my friend and we played and then I got a full-time job as a writer and then it was only halfway through that that I, I kind of came to a revelation that, you know what, I'm young, I can do this. This is the time to to try it. So I, I quit my job and decided to pursue music. The artistic life. Oh, it's great. It's great. Do you have any any musicians you idolize? Well, Bobby McFerrin. He's like such a shining light. Like, just look at his face, right? He seems to be glowing with something bigger than, than just um, who he is. It's like something beautiful from inside. And of course, he's a great, great, great vocalist. Have you seen him perform? I mean, on YouTube and all that. Yes. It's just so special and creative and, and out there. And It's almost like he can do anything with his mouth, uh, with his voice. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and you know what? I have uh, friends who have performed with him, so I keep telling myself, hey, 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 you're only like, you know, two, two degrees, degrees of, of separation. separation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm three degrees of separation away from a porn star, but um, ah, yeah, so I think you're two degrees away from Bobby McFerrin is more to be proud of. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anything else you'd like to tell us in terms of music and how it inspires you or how it's part of your life or do you have any strange rituals? Um, you know, like uh, we were talking about the hue earlier, so that's also a big thing that I use before I perform because the hue also helps like neutralize all, all kinds of energy. So I, before I go on stage, like me and my band, we'll, we'll sing Hue together. And then we just sort of declare ourselves as instruments of love. And then we're again on stage, we're just all about good vibes and great, you know, great music and, and, and it works. I noticed that when I do that, it's, if it's, it's as if my ego, you know, and my vanity is, is really put aside and I'm really trying to be a pure channel for the music. And, and I think that's made me a better person and a better musician because we all struggle with things, right? Like lust, anger, yeah. greed, attachment, vanity. And because and, I strongly believe that my calling as a musician is to spread love. And when you have all those negative things within you, it's difficult to be pure, you know? So the hue helps me that it clears it all out and then I'm just for the music while I'm on stage. I have to say, like, as much as I try, sometimes it doesn't happen 100%, but the point is I keep trying and then it'll just get better. Mm. So Bright Veins is your latest single? Yes, I just released it on the 25th of March. What's it about? It's about believing in yourself it's about knowing that you are on the right path and anything you encounter are just lessons that will help you get where you're supposed to be. And it's about just knowing that everything will be okay, no matter 
what situation you're in right now because everything is at the right time as it should be yeah a lot of times we we feel like we, I hear a lot of people say you know oh uh, something good happened to me I, I, I'm very grateful for the blessings oh uh, you know I got promotion I bought a new car like I just got a boyfriend I got married oh these are all blessings but to me the, the challenges they are also blessings you know the challenges are there to teach you in Absolutely. a way, they are knowledge given to you. Yeah, like my favorite band, Fred Freddy's Drop, there's a line from their song, it goes like, There's no mistakes, just lessons to be learned. I should have listened long ago. I, I was like, yeah, that's my kind of <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sorry, I keep saying shit, but yeah. <laughs> let's take a listen to Bright Veins. Yeah, let's do that. I've really enjoyed being with you and chatting with you on this deserted island. Well, thank and you for having me, Maya. Listening to your music and, and talking about books and films. We'll be back with more Sunday Kind of Love next week. Have a great Sunday from me and B2. <laughs> BFM 89.9 I've got light Running through my veins I've got love Written in my name And I know Everything will be okay and I know everything will be okay. I am not afraid to claim my heritage. My destiny is to be great. I am gonna forge ahead. I've got light running through my veins. What lies ahead Only that I'll learn my way Thank you for listening to this podcast To find more great interviews Go to bfm.my Or find us on iTunes BFM 89.9 The Business Station